well over 90 times, the Apostle Paul speaks of the flesh. So what does this key word mean for him? It's a shrewd and important question for any Bible reader to get clarity on. The question comes from a listener named Cheryl. Pastor John, hello, and thank you for this podcast. I listen to episodes every week at the gym. I'm trying to uh, come up with a clear definition of what Paul means by flesh or sarks in the Greek. Sometimes Paul seems to be talking about the external physical body in 2 Corinthians 75, 1 Timothy 3.16. At other times, he seems to be talking about some internal nature causing sinful actions and thoughts. Romans 8, 5-8, and Galatians 5.17. I'm confused. What does Paul mean by flesh, and do you have a clean definition to encompass it all? Well, we'll see. <laughs> this this really is, really is a crucial question, yeah, utterly crucial for, for understanding, uh, especially the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. who uses this concept so often. So let's tackle it. We have just a few minutes, and you can write books on this. So let me f- limit us to something I saw recently in getting ready for a look at the book on Philippians. Two passages in Philippians are going to shed amazing light on this. They did for me, anyway. Let's start with chapter 1. 121. For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart, that is, to die, to depart, leave behind the body, And be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Now, I think all of us would agree that what flesh means in Philippians 1, 22 and 24 is simple, earthly, bodily life. Nothing negative implied about it here, except that we can't be with Jesus in the same intimate way if we're here as if we're in heaven. So over against departing and leaving the body and going to heaven, you have Paul saying, I'm going to remain in the flesh. So that just simply means I'm going to still be in my my body. Mm-hmm. So flesh refers to the body as we ordinarily experience it in this world. Now, There are a lot of places in Paul where he uses it like that, and we shouldn't jump to unduly negative spiritual connotations every time we see that word. However, let's go to chapter 3 now, because what we watch happen in chapter 3 is just amazing, I think. Paul transforms the meaning of a fairly neutral term for physical body or some body part He transforms that word into something negative and spiritually bankrupt. Let's watch him do it, because we can actually see how he does it, which defines for us this, this negative side. Here's what he says at the beginning of Philippians 3. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me. It is safe for you. Look out for the dogs Look out for the evil workers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Now, right here, we can see that Paul is using the term in an ordinary physical way to refer to skin or some part of the body. In fact, the next phrase is going to show us that he's talking about 
mutilating the flesh in circumcision viewed in a certain way. That's why he's using the word mutilate. He's viewing this, this cutting of the flesh in a certain way. The, the initial straightforward meaning of flesh is simply skin or some body part. And now here's how he continues. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we, we Christians, are the circumcision. In other words, what I just referred to, Paul says, what I just referred to as mutilating the flesh is not true circumcision. We are the true circumcision. We Christians are the true children of Abraham, the true heirs of the promise, the true followers of the Messiah. And then to distinguish precisely what it is that turned circumcision from a holy sign of the covenant into an act of mutilation, he says this, we are the true circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So here's what I think Paul's doing. He is saying that worshiping or living by the Holy Spirit and worshiping or living for the glory of Jesus Christ is what makes Christians the true circumcision. And in the absence of those two things, dependence on the Spirit and glorying in Christ, in the absence of those two things, holy acts like circumcision are turned into mere mutilation. That is, mere flesh in a new spiritually negative meaning. So flesh is moving from being a mere reference to the body to being a reference to the kind of thing one does, any kind of thing one does, when the Holy Spirit and Jesus are not central. Now let's test this, because if you just keep reading, you'll see how he's thinking now. Verse 4, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, what's he going to refer to? He says, I don't put any confidence in the flesh, but I could if I wanted to. Well, what are you talking about, Paul? Here's what he says. If anyone thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And now he mentions things like this. The four things. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. In other words, I, I was circumcised at the perfect moment in obedience. I'm of the greatest people on the planet. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, which had the first king and is a great tribe. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Now, all of that is physical human pedigree. This is the, the physical, ethnic identity and pedigree of Paul, and he calls it flesh, hmm. mere flesh, which he will not boast in, though he once did and though he could. Because he's going to say in just a moment, it is rubbish. It's all rubbish. If, 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 if there's no dependence on the Holy Spirit and no glorying in Christ Jesus over it all. And then, to make it even clearer how broad this term flesh, this new negative meaning of flesh can be, he adds these three things to, to his physical identity and ethnicity. One, as to the law I was a Pharisee. This guy is maxed out in, in focus on God's Word. Number two, as to zeal, 
a persecutor of the church. He's not only focusing on the highest standard, he's doing it with the greatest zeal. Third, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. In other words, he was successful. He did it. Now, those three characteristics, which he calls flesh, are not physical. None of them. Law-keeping, zeal, success in morality. Whatever gain, this is the next verse, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So, here's my, here's the upshot. Flesh, in Paul's vocabulary now, has become uh, something that includes zeal and emotional virtue, law-keeping, blamelessness, a moral virtue, only they're not virtues. <laughs> not <laughs> right. virtues. Yeah. Because they are missing dependence on the Spirit and glorying in Christ Jesus. So, I think what we are watching, and this is just so thrilling to me to see, to actually watch Paul's mind work. What we are watching in Philippians 3, 1 to 7, is the process by which a positive term, flesh, referring to skin, part of the body, becomes a negative term for Paul, referring to both bodily reality, like physical descent from Abraham, and moral reality, like law-keeping, and emotional reality, like zeal, all of it called flesh, and all of it rejected as rubbish, if we don't have any reliance on the Holy Spirit in those things, if we don't have any glorying in Christ in those things. In that case, he says, I'm going to put, I'm going to put zero confidence in the flesh understood that way. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss. And we should ask, okay, now, when and why are those things worthless? Because they're good. I mean, they're not, it's not bad to love the law of God. It's not bad to be zealous. It's not bad to be blameless for goodness sakes, Paul. Do you really want to call that trash? We have to ask this question because there's nothing wrong in and of themselves. What, what turns it into flesh? And I think the answer would go like this. And this is my definition. So this is my last answer to the question. Flesh is any human action or achievement without dependence upon the Holy Spirit and without glorying, exulting in, trusting, treasuring, valuing Jesus Christ. It might be as gross as rape and child abuse, or as moral as trying to keep the Ten Commandments. Mm. Self-reliant commandment-keeping and child abuse would both be flesh, because they're not flowing from dependence on the Holy Spirit, and they're not glorying in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's a really good little introduction into one of the most important vocabulary words in the entire New Testament. Thank you, Pastor John. And uh, thank you to everyone who listens regularly. If you're new to this podcast, we have about 1,400 episodes now to date in our archives. You can find that archive. You can read transcripts of those episodes or even ask a question of your own. Do all of that at our online home at desiringgod.org forward slash John. Well, I am your host, Tony Ranke. We will see you back here on Friday.